Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Well, welcome back. We're continuing our study of the book of Proverbs, and we are in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. And we will we just finished one session in verse 7, and we'll probably do one more. But right now, let's go to our text, um, Proverbs chapter 1, and let's read 1 through 7. You say, Brother Paul, we have read this many times. Well, have you memorized it yet? Are you understanding it? Is it becoming a part of you? Because that's what's important. Remember what I said, uh, young people. Repetition. Repetition. Whether you're studying the Bible, learning to play piano, or learning archery. It's repetition. All right, so let's read chapter 1 and uh, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to discern the sayings of understanding, to receive instruction in wise behavior, righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the naive, to the youth, knowledge, and discretion. A wise man will hear and increase in learning, and a man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. To understand a proverb and a figure, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I pray for the glory of your Son, for the advancement of his kingdom and his will in the hearts of these young people. I pray, dear God, that you would help me to teach and also that you would give light, that you would open up the eyes, the understanding, of of those who are listening and that they would become utterly convinced of salvation in Jesus Christ and of the wisdom that you provide in your word. Please, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now notice we're studying the book of Proverbs and in my prayer, um, I talked about the salvation of G- in Jesus Christ. And you say to yourself, well, Brother Paul, we're studying Proverbs. We're not studying the gospel. Young person, listen to me. It's all about the gospel. It's all about the gospel because without the gospel, the rest of the Bible, the law, even the book of Proverbs simply condemns us. The law tells us we have not been righteous. And Proverbs tells us we have not been wise. And we need the only one who is righteous and wise and who lived the life that you and I couldn't live and died the death for our penalties, all the penalties we deserve for our law-breaking and foolishness. It's all about Jesus Christ. And so if I'm here to uh, talk to you about wisdom, I want you to know the personification of wisdom. No, let me put that differently. Wisdom is just a shadow compared to him. 
Christ is everything. He's everything. And he's the one you need. So don't think that I'm giving you just a bunch of principles. Because these principles without Jesus Christ, well, they're good. But they cannot save you. It is only faith in the one who died and rose again on your behalf. Now, let's look at this again. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord, of course, is this deep, profound, sincere, enduring reverence, respect for God that comes out of our study of Scripture and our life of prayer. And studying the Scriptures, remember, not just to get a bunch of principles to live by, but primarily to know God and especially to know Him in His Son and His Son's work of redemption on the cross. Now, so this is the beginning of wisdom. It's the foundation. It's the first step. It's the lens through which we must interpret everything else. It is the moral compass of our life. Why don't you do this? Well, because it's against God's word. Well, what do you care? I fear the Lord. Oh, you're afraid of him? Well, in a sense, but a proper sense. But it'd be better put this way. I have a deep reverence for the Lord because of who he is and what he has done for me in his son. Okay, now he goes on and he uses a really strong word here that we're going to hear a lot in Proverbs, a fool. You see, he's already talked about the naive. Another way of saying it, a simpleton, a person who can't understand the complex issues of life or existence. Um, but now he uses the strong word of a fool. Now, I want you to understand something. In the Bible, the word fool doesn't necessarily mean that a person is um, unintelligent. Um, you can be extremely intelligent, have an extremely high IQ, but be a fool. I, I would imagine that uh, Satan himself is extremely intelligent. But he's a fool. And there are many men who have gigantic IQs, but they live foolishly because their character demonstrates that they're fools. And so what is a fool? Well, basically, it's more of a moral term. It's not talking about someone who doesn't have the intellectual capacity to grasp deep things. It's talking about a person who refuses, refuses to reverence God. A person who refuses to acknowledge God is God and I am not. God is good and great and he is deserving of all my respect, all my worship, all my obedience, all my appreciation and far more. A fool says no. No. Now I've met fools who have said in their heart there is no God. But I've also met fools who said yeah I believe there's a God and I hate him. I don't like him. And on the day of judgment, I'll stand before him and I'll tell him what I think. No, no, you will not. On the day of judgment, with an attitude like that, you will melt before him like a tiny wax figurine at the door of a blast furnace. You will not. You will not. And that's why the Bible looks at a fool as someone who may be extremely intelligent, but morally... Spiritually, they're blind and they raise their fist and they challenge God 
forgetting that the strength that was required for them to raise their fist was actually given by the God that they curse. So think about that. Now, a fool. I, I want to show you one of the greatest examples given, of course, by our Lord Jesus Christ. Hold your place in Proverbs, but let's look at one of the greatest examples of a fool. This is very important. Look in Luke chapter 12. Verse 16. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man was very productive. And he began reasoning to himself, saying, What shall I do, since I have no place to store my crops? Then he said, This is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have many goods laid up for many years to come. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night your soul is required of you. And now who will own what you have prepared? Now, I want you to notice something. Obviously, this rich man was extremely intelligent, extremely prosperous, probably extremely diligent, hardworking, so many virtues. We could say virtues about this man, but there's one thing he lacked, the fear of the Lord. He had come to the point in his, his strength, his intelligence, that he thought he was, it's a word we use, autonomous, self-governing that he was the author of his own existence, that he could determine his own destiny. And another thing that made him a fool was he did not live for God or live for eternity. For what did he live? This life. You know, I know many people who would call themselves Christians and, and may be Christians. And yet when you look at their life, so much of it is consumed with this world. And they're not thinking about being rich unto God, about serving God and serving God through serving his people and serving those who have yet to become his people. Now, young person, listen to me. You can be actually quite moral and still be a fool. You can have many, many qualities about yourself that people would rightly admire, but you're still a fool because of the direction of your life. Everything you're doing is for this life now. And, and that is totally and completely contrary to what, to what Jesus taught us. Now, we all, we all need to live here. We all need houses and clothing and maybe a car. We need food. The Christian is to live with dignity, innocence, and nobility. But all of this is very, very temporary. And we need to be rich unto God, not rich unto this world. You know, think about it. Um, you will probably live, I think the average age of life is somewhere in the mid-70s. Um, you think, wow, I'm only 12 years old. That's like a million years from now. Well, it's a long way, but there's something about life, young person, you need to understand. It goes back, it goes by really fast. You blink and you go, oh, one day you look in the mirror and you go, who is this old man looking back at me? It goes by so fast. Uh, beauty, health, strength, 
are all so extremely fragile. Wealth is, you know, like the Bible says, it can take wings and just fly away. There's only one, you know, eternal kingdom, and that's the one you need to be living for. Now, I want you to know I, I live here on planet Earth, and uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy my friendships, my relationships. I enjoy uh, nature. I, just right out this river here, you can't see it as a kayaking river. And uh, sometimes in the summer, I'll come by the office and wave at the guys working. Uh, so I enjoy so many things about this life, and there's nothing wrong with it. But be very, very careful, very careful about how you live. Live in the fear of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean also, doesn't mean necessarily becoming a pauper. You know, God has different stations for people. I have met people who have given away everything and, and become missionaries in, in, in dark, dark, primitive jungles. I've also known men that were quite successful and affluent, and yet they walked with the same fear of the Lord. So be careful in judging externals, but know this, set your heart to fear the Lord and not be a fool who lives for just this life. Live for the one to come. But more importantly, we're not living for a place and we're not living for a time. We're living for a person. And that person, I think you know who I'm going to say, it's Jesus Christ. You say, Brother Paul, you sure talk a lot about him. That's because he's everything. As a matter of fact, some, some old saints of, of the church have said, any conversation where Jesus Christ is not the main theme is foolishness. So, yeah, he is everything. And he's the one we live for. And he's the reason we're studying the book of Proverbs. We're not studying it to get our best life now. We're studying it to honor him. Okay? Now, so, don't be a fool. And what about fools? They despise. They despise wisdom and instruction. Now, what does it mean to despise? Well, I've written down a few things here. It means to show contempt for something, to scorn it, to belittle it, to deride it, okay, to mock it. You know, when maybe, I don't know, maybe one day you... Uh, you went to school and you, you had a brand new pair of shoes and you were very proud of them and you expected everyone else to be proud of them. And when you showed up, people made fun of you. They mocked you. They derided you. They scorned you. And, and they hurt you. Well, that's what it means. Not that someone can hurt God, but they, they look at wisdom and they say, oh, that's stupid. You're just, you're an idiot for doing that. Let me give you an example. Let's say one day, say you're 12 years old and you're out in the neighborhood playing or something and there's a group of kids there and one of them says, hey, let's go over and, and, and tear that board off that old man's fence. And you say, no, I'm not going to do that. And they say, why? Are you chicken? No, I'm not going to do it because I, I want to honor God and I want to honor my mother and my father and... I want to honor that elderly man. Oh, so you're a goody two-shoes. So you're, uh, you're, you're holier than thou. You're, you think you're better than us. You see what's going on? That's exactly what's going on. And if you've done that to somebody, that's exactly what you're doing. 
you're, you're deriding, you're scorning, you're making fun of the wisdom of God. You know, and we're very prone to do that. You know, isn't it amazing? I don't know how many of you go to public school, but oftentimes there will be a student in, the, in your class, and this student, she really loves to read. She really loves to study. She likes school. And, and she really wants to make something out of her life. What do the other students do when she tries to answer questions, when she tries to listen to the teacher? Do they honor her? By and large, they don't. They make fun of her. They laugh at her. They scorn her. That's a part of our fallen human nature when we do things like that. Well, that's the way people are. when, And they will be this way to you. Many people will when they see you make a right stand. Now, why do they do that? Because it, it, it really... Well, let me put it this way. It's, it's kind of like um, you're bothering them. They know you're right. And in knowing you're right, they know they're wrong. And there's something called a conscience that bears witness to when we're doing right and bears witness to when we're doing wrong. And they know they're doing wrong and you're doing right. And they feel horrible about it and they hate you for it or dislike you tremendously. And see, that's the way people are with God's wisdom. They don't want it. They don't want it. They despise it. Now, it says they despise God's wisdom. What is his wisdom? God's wisdom is everything that conforms to his character and his will that is expressed in Scripture. His Scripture that he's given us is a manifestation of his wisdom, of his will, of who he is. And we are walking in wisdom when we seek to conform to that. Now, there's a, a, a great preacher. His name is Sinclair Ferguson. If you ever get a chance to listen to him, you ought to. Um, I think it was him. He, he made a statement. I read it a, a few months ago. And he said, basically this, why does man hate God's will? And the answer, it's because it's not their will. Men want to be God. Men want to govern their own life. And where God loves what is right and what is good, men oftentimes love what is morally corrupt. Remember what Jesus said? That men won't come to the light because their deeds are evil and they don't want the light to expose their deeds. And so, here we have it. A fool despises wisdom. A fool also despises instruction. If you remember, um, instruction here refers to moral instruction, instruction on how to actually live. It can also be translated discipline, not necessarily the discipline of you getting in trouble by your parents, but the discipline of life to, um, to not be carried away by the opinions of others, to not be carried away by your own wrong desires or your own um, confused feelings. But the discipline to listen to God in His Word and to train your life according to what God says. It's, fools hate that. They, they really do hate it. Why? Because it goes against their grain. It really does. Uh, I think I've mentioned this word, but I want to mention it again. It's autonomy. It's you and I, fallen man. We have this desire um, before we're converted, and even afterwards, our flesh, 
It wants to govern itself. You know, when we read the book of Judges, what does it say? Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And they didn't do what was right according to God's word. So we need to be very, very careful. And so a lot of times we will hate instruction because it goes against our desire to govern ourselves, but it also goes against our um, our lusts. What are, what are lusts? Those are desires, and there's nothing wrong with desires, but desires that are contrary or against the will of God. So the beginning of all knowledge is the fear of the Lord. And that's simple enough, isn't it? I mean, wow, that's not rocket science. You, you can get that. The problem is, men, apart from the work of God, apart from the gospel, apart from the, what we call the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit, men are fools. And men despise. They despise wisdom, which the fear of the Lord is wisdom. They despise it, and they despise instruction. Now, we don't want to be like that. You say, well, Brother Paul, I'm so much like that. Well, first of all, I want you to know that even for those of us who are older Christians, we have to constantly fight against a thing called the flesh, this aspect that's still in us that uh, wants to rebel against God's will. But a lot of people will hear this and they go, man, I, I have no victory at all over this. I'm just carried away by that thing you call the flesh. Well, here's a really important question. Do you really know the Lord? Are you trusting in the fact that you go to church? Are you trusting in the fact that you're trying to be good? Or have you given yourself to Jesus Christ? Do you believe in Him? Trust in Him? Put no confidence at all in your religion or your works or anything else and you trust exclusively in Him? Because that's where victory starts. Alright, well, when we come back... Here's what we're going to do. You say, Brother Paul, we're never going to get through the book of Proverbs. Well, you're younger than I am, so don't worry. But when we come back, I just want to do an overview of the fear of the Lord in the book of Proverbs. So we're just going to look briefly at several different verses and give a small explanation, if that's possible for me. And, uh, and we're going to just get a general idea more of what it means to fear the Lord. God bless you, and may God use this to direct you to Christ. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.